Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Onion Unlimited the podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Torridon, and you join me at the ungodly hour of 5.45 in the UK. I'm up early this morning. I doubt there's anyone in the UK listening to me at this time of the morning, but if you're there, hello and welcome. You will notice I am wearing a new bandana because I am in the process of growing, heaven forbid, a man bun. And it's just at that awkward stage where I look a bit like one of those penguins where the hair sticks out from the side. So a bandana is the obvious solution. And a new shirt as well. I'm liking my new shirt. Very militaristic. I think I look somewhat like a Hindu Rambo, if I'm honest. But there we go. Let me know what you think in the comments or don't actually don't. I'm quite sensitive. So um, I am going to read a letter this morning. I had an email from a guy called Roger Kirkpatrick telling me a bit of his story with regards to having been in the uh, JW cult in the in the past. And he sent me a rather interesting letter, which has been read out on a number of different XJW YouTube channels in the past. And just to quote Roger, this letter is quite well circulated already, but I'm going to add my voice to it because it's an excellent letter. Apparently, it's a letter that's been mailed out to hundreds of church pastors throughout Texas and beyond. So I'm hoping I can uh, add this to the UK rounds. And it's been translated into numerous languages throughout other countries. It is a letter which simply expresses the current Watchtower teachings in the kind of theocratic, or I would say cult, language that is commonly used by Jehovah's Witnesses in private conversations at their kingdom halls. And it's those kind of buzzwords that I've spoken of before that often find their way into cults. It's a letter written in the style of Jehovah's Witnesses speak and basically puts things as it is. I think it's an excellent letter, and I can understand exactly why Jehovah's Witnesses would hate this letter, because it accurately expresses beliefs that they've embraced as the truth, but would never express so candidly to non-JWs. So I'm looking forward to seeing what my resident JW apologetic dash troll will respond to this. I've got someone following me at the moment who is very clearly deeply involved in Jehovah's Witnesses and they feel the need to come on and defend Jehovah's Witnesses every time I point something out that uh, is not so good about the Watchtower organisation. They have been telling me that I'm misrepresenting the Watchtower. Uh, I'll give you an example of a couple of their comments. So who are they? Do I tell you who they are? Yes, I think so. They are called JW Defencer. And one of the comments they left this week is, you clearly have misrepresented JWs with your response. JWs allow the Bible to dictate our doctrines. I don't know how you would respond to that. I just responded that that is exactly the way I would have responded when I was a Jehovah's Witness. 
that's how most Jehovah's Witnesses would respond. Uh, fair dues. I don't believe I am misrepresenting Jehovah's Witnesses. I am literally telling the story as I see it from my own personal experience of 50 plus years in a cult. Interesting comment there where it says Jehovah's Witnesses allow the Bible to dictate our doctrines. Yes and no. I think in some respects, yes, they do. They definitely take the Bible and base their doctrines and their beliefs upon the actual Bible itself. But sometimes it's an interpretation of the Bible that Jehovah's Witnesses have come up with. It can be an interpretation that is completely different to any other of the mainstream Christian denominations. So I think there is some confirmation bias going on with Jehovah's Witnesses, especially the fact that they've got their very own translated Bible version, translated by themselves, let's say. And although they do say that you can go and use other Bible translations, as soon as a Bible translation disagrees with their own uh, beliefs or doctrines, um, I'm thinking of John 1 verse 1, there are others, they'll say that translation is wrong and then dig out their own translations. So... It's very circular thinking from that respect. So, yes, they do base their their beliefs on the Bible or sometimes on their interpretation on the Bible or on their interpretation of their own translation of the Bible. But even if that is the case, I would just put out there, what if the Bible itself is not reliable? What if the Bible is not true? What if the Bible is not a good benchmark to base one's beliefs on. And that, that's very much how I feel these days. There are sections of the Bible that you have to do some incredibly difficult mental gymnastics in order to get over. The Bible very clearly does, when it talks about the Israelites of old, speak about slavery, genocide. Basically, the the Bible account is that the Israelites got the promised land through slaughtering everybody that lived there. And they'll argue, well, those people were bad people that were sacrificing their children to Molech or whoever. And that may be true. Um, Let's just assume for a moment that it is. If you're really that worried about Canaanites offering their children as burnt sacrifices to gods, why go into the land and murder everybody, including the babies that were at risk? That doesn't make any sense at all in my mind, but there we go. The Bible, the the Old Testament, especially allows for the raping and pillaging of conquered nations. These are all things that would have been perfectly acceptable to a Bronze Age nation in the making. And it really does reflect the religion of the time, but... Is that is that what you should be basing your modern day beliefs on? I don't think they should. And just to sweep those things under the carpet because, you know, they don't really fit the, the new narrative is intellectually and spiritually dishonest, in my opinion. So I don't think I am misrepresenting Jehovah's Witnesses. I think Jehovah's Witnesses do base many of their their beliefs on the Bible, but I think some of those beliefs are appalling such as shunning, disfellowshipping, even let's assume that the witnesses' translation or interpretation of 
avoiding blood transfusions is true. Again, I don't think it is. I think the scripture in Acts uh, 15, is it, is talking about the eating of blood, particularly blood associated with sacrifices in the arenas. I don't think that's talking about saving lives with a blood transfusion at all. But even assume that it is, let's just say that the Bible is saying that you can't have a blood transfusion to save your child's life, for example. I think that's appalling. So I'm sorry, JW Defensor, but you you can't have it in my book. If uh, if you're saying that JWs are the truth because they base their beliefs on the Bible, then I don't think the Bible is good to base a religion on. So there we go. Another comment by JW Defensor, I have compared all religions. I don't think you have. I really I really do not think you have compared all religions. But let's assume that you have compared all religions. Let me just see if I can find this comment. Here we go. It says, uh, all religious organizations have had doctrinal errors. I agree. They have. What separates JWs from all others is that we've been humble and accepted correction. No, you haven't. You have not been humble and accepted correction. What you've done is when your belief finally is obviously wrong and you can't defend it anymore, that's the point when you change your belief. And that's just ridiculous. Changing a belief, claiming that the new belief is true Basically, you're saying that the old belief was false, but this is a belief that you will have held and distributed for years sometimes as the truth, the actual truth from God, which you cannot question. And then all of a sudden overnight, for whatever reason, whether it's to, because you, you can't sustain that that teaching anymore or just because you want to keep things fresh, you change your belief and 8 million people immediately say that they believe this new new teaching. That's That's not belief. That's not belief. That's not faith. That is basically just getting 8 million people just to agree on the same thing. That that is cult thinking. That's not faith. That's not belief. Definitely not spiritual autonomy. Humility doesn't come into it. You've not got stuck. JW Defensor says with traditions and beliefs which are clearly against the Bible. And then you say six oh seven nineteen fourteen is not one of them. I don't exactly know what you mean there, but I assume you're saying that six oh seven nineteen fourteen is a belief from the Bible. It's not. It is absolutely not part of the Bible. And plenty of people know this and have pointed this out. But the Watchtower just continues to to push that old chestnut because their their whole belief structure relies upon it. Um, point two, you say the appointment of the governing body as Jesus' slaves is based on Matthew 24, 45 to 46. Evidence shows they have been fulfilling this role uninterruptedly since 1919. May I just remind you at this point that up until 2012, that's not what you believed. You did not believe that. You believed that the faithful and discreet slave began in the... Uh, first century in 33 AD and continued all the way up, including ones like Tyndale and uh, Luther 
uh, Isaac Newton and others like that, as members of the anointed, as a group of anointed ones on earth since 33, all the way up to modern times, you believe that was the faithful and discreet slave, and you presented all the so-called evidence to that effect as the uh, translation of Matthew 24, 45 to 46. And then in 2012, 2013, the governing body suddenly decides they are the faithful and discreet slave. And now you're saying that all the evidence shows that they have been fulfilling this role uninterruptedly since 1919. So with a wave of their hand, they've not only appointed themselves as the faithful and discreet slave, which I think is arrogant, They've also gone and done away with all of the members of the slave all the way back to 33 uh, CE, including the apostles. How arrogant is that? But there we go. You claim disfellowshipping and avoidance of blood transfusion is biblical. No, it's not. Disfellowshipping and avoidance of blood transfusion is an interpretation, your interpretation of the biblical texts. No one else applies those scriptures in the way that you do. There we go. And point four, mishandling of child abuse cases happens in all religious and non-religious organizations. Honestly, it makes me sick when people come up with that one. But yes, Child abuse appears within Jehovah's Witnesses, but so what? It appears in other religions and organisations. If it does, which you're right, it does, then those organisations are equally culpable. That's not a good reason for saying, you know, this is the truth, because other organisations have got problems with it as well. I personally, any organisation that has a problem with child abuse, I steer clear. That's, and that's what I would advise to everybody. You say that uh, Jehovah's organization is not guilty of hiding, covering or failing to report an alleged child abuse to the authorities. I don't need to say anything about that. There is so much information out there on this that the Watchtower organization does cover up child abuse. It does fail to report child abuse to the authorities. I haven't personally had experience of child abuse within the organization, although I have been abused as a child. But there are so many people's stories out there that will tell you that not only is it uh, prolific within the organization, they have been dealt with terribly. And if you're just going to, again, wave your hand and sweep that under the carpet, I'm sorry, but I think that's despicable. So uh, there's my replies to my JW apologetic I'm looking forward to seeing what you've got to say about this letter that I am going to read. So without further ado, here comes the letter. It's in very small print, so I may struggle. It says, Dear Neighbour, since the end of the world, as we know it, is dangerously near, straight away it sounds like a cult, doesn't it? We are writing you to tell you the things your minister has not told you, but which Jehovah's Witnesses, JW.org, want you to know. Sounds like a public service. Marvellous. So it starts, Jesus Christ, as Michael the Archangel, <laughs> returned invisibly in the year 1914 the start of the last days, and proceeded to judge all Christian religions. 
1919, Jesus personally selected the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, a.k.a. Jehovah's Witnesses, or I would say Bible students at that time, as God's spirit-directed organization to preach the good news of God's kingdom before God destroys all human governments and false religion in the approaching battle of Armageddon. Sounds very, very culty to me right at the outset. But that's exactly what Jehovah's Witnesses teach. Can't put it any other way. Therefore, it says it is imperative that everyone who wishes to avoid destruction by Jehovah at Armageddon become a Jehovah's Witness as soon as possible. Admittedly, the Watchtower previously claimed that Armageddon would definitely occur in 1914. They did. Then again in 1925. They did. Then it was strongly suggested that it would occur in 1975. It was. When Watchtower officials coined the phrase, stay alive till 75. But those were just the predictions of imperfect men. This time, however, the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses is really sure, so do not hesitate any longer. Smacks of the old cry wolf to me, not to mention false prophets. Do not make the common mistake of reading your Bible without the aid of Watchtower publications, because you might conclude that Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong. The governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses is Christ's faithful and discreet slave and only the governing body can accurately interpret the Bible. So forget everything your minister has told you, because all religions, except for Jehovah's Witnesses, are false religion, and their ministers are actually ministers of Satan, who has blinded their eyes. They may preach that Jesus is the mediator between God and men, but they have not told you that Jesus is only the mediator for the 144,000 Christians who are spirit anointed to go to heaven. True, Jesus said that no one comes to the Father except through him, but the only way to Jesus is through the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses, the faithful and discreet slave. I don't think yet there's anything in this letter that is a false misrepresentation of what Jehovah's Witnesses teach. That's exactly what they teach. And when you read it, the bare facts as it really is, it really does sound quite culty, doesn't it? Continuing on. Only 144,000 Christians were given the hope of going to heaven with Jesus Christ. All other Christians who survive Armageddon will enjoy everlasting life on a cleansed paradise earth. Only a small number of those 144,000 spirit-anointed Christians remain on earth today, and all of those are Jehovah's Witnesses. They alone should partake of the bread and wine when commemorating the annual Lord's Evening Meal. So very us and them, very exclusatory when it comes to other Christians. Jehovah's Witnesses believe it is a sin to accept life-saving blood transfusions because the Bible plainly tells Christians to abstain from blood. Admittedly, many scholars say that the only biblical prohibition regarding blood was against eating the blood of animals killed for food. But those scholars are wrong because the faithful and discreet slave says so. They know better than the Bible scholars. Thousands of Jehovah's Witnesses Men, women and children have died for refusing life-saving blood transfusion because only the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses can determine what is or is not a matter of conscience because they speak for Jehovah himself. 
I've talked about this before on my podcast, the fact that blood transfusions, the refusal of a blood transfusion is presented as a personal decision, but it's not. It's not. It's mandated. And if you decide you want a blood transfusion, you end up on the wrong side of a judicial hearing. And if it is determined that you're not repentant, you will be disfellowshipped, although to avoid legal ramifications now, they say that you disassociated yourself. Hmm. All very suspect. It uh, it continues, according to the Watchtower, one must be prepared to obey the governing body or one's local elders, even if doing so makes no sense from a strategic or human standpoint. If one dies needlessly by doing so, there is always the resurrection hope for those who die for obeying the governing body. That's exactly what they believe. People who leave their family's religion and become a Jehovah's Witness are often disowned and shunned by their families. Such persecution is to be expected because Jesus said he came to cause such divisions among families. However, when Jehovah's Witnesses ostracize, cut off and shun family members who leave their religion for conscientious reasons, such as unscriptural watchtower teachings and practices, it is out of love. to help the straying one return to Jehovah. Tearing families apart out of love is encouraged by the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yep, it's one rule for one, another rule for another. I can't wait to hear how JW Defensor defends this. It continues, don't be distracted by all the lawsuits and negative publicity against Jehovah's Witnesses for failing to report the crimes of paedophile elders, ministerial servants and pioneers within their congregations, which crimes were never reported to civil authorities, but were kept hidden in a secret Watchtower database. Jehovah's Witnesses are in the world, but they are not of the world. As Jehovah's representatives, they have the right to disobey laws, which they deem to be in conflict with Jehovah's laws. Like the first century Christians, Jehovah's Witnesses must obey Jehovah as ruler rather than men. So it is okay for Jehovah's Witnesses to withhold the truth for the purpose of misleading enemies of Jehovah, even if they do so in courts of law, after having sworn to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Absolutely. I've seen it myself. I've I've seen with my own eyes a Watchtower lawyer saying before a court of law under oath that Jehovah's Witnesses do not shun people. They disfellowship, and he goes on to explain that disfellowshipping just means that they avoid spiritual association and that normal family relations continue. That is an absolute total lie under oath in a court. And there are other examples. I've seen it with my own eyes. You can't deny this. And this letter that I'm reading is accurate. So it warns before visiting a kingdom hall of Jehovah's Witnesses, be advised that Jehovah's Witnesses are well-groomed and modestly dressed. Yes, they are. Their female approved associates wear minimal makeup and jewellery. That's not actually necessarily the case i will say that there i'll give I'll, I'll i'll give you that one i was in a congregation where the witness sisters wore a lot of jewelry and a lot of makeup and they choose dresses that show no cleavage and hemlines below the knee again depends on the congregation i was in a congregation where there were lots of uh, boobs and legs showing 
but uh, it's definitely not the official dress. There is actually an illustration, an infographic that shows uh, pictures of what you should and shouldn't be wearing if you go to Bethel. And the insinuation is that that is appropriate dress. It even shows you how you should be dressed when you're going about your leisure. You know, the um, the men are always dressed typically in these chinos and uh, pink polo shirts. <laughs> Not for me, I'm afraid. I'm a bandana and militaristic shirt wearer now with a beard. There you go. Oh, it says their male approved associates refrain from wearing beards. Interestingly, I've just done a whole podcast on how I managed to get away with wearing a beard for some 15 years as a witness. And I never, apart apart from one presiding overseer who, who was a bit of a control freak, and one sister who didn't like me growing a beard, I got away with it. And I pioneered with a beard. And I had lots of responsibilities with a beard, but I was never allowed on a platform at an assembly or a convention with a beard. And if I'd have become an elder, it may have been a problem. It does depend on the congregation, that one. No beards, no tight pants. Probably a good thing for me which were designed by homosexuals, apparently, according to the faithful and discreet slave. And, of course, they know best. Of course they do. Visitors are encouraged to adhere to these guidelines in order to fit in and to avoid receiving judgment stares from others. Have a nice day, your smiling JW neighbours. I think that is excellent. That letter, that really does reflect Jehovah's Witnesses as it is. Now, I know what you would like to do as an apologetic JW defencer. I'm looking at you. You'd like to do that and throw it in the bin. But you can't because it's out there now on the internet. Not just me, but lots of other lots of other YouTube channels, which I will leave a link in the description below. So, JW Defencer and all apologetic trolls, that letter is exactly my experience of a Jehovah's Witness. Exactly. Absolutely true. There's nothing false in that. There's nothing misrepresentative in that. It is exactly as it is, the title of this video. Now, I could turn around and be a nasty piece of work and tell my trolls to p*** off. I could even ask why you are here in the first place looking at my videos. You shouldn't be if you're a Jehovah's Witness. I'm an apostate, proud of it. I'm a very vocal apostate, and yet here you are trying to debate with me. Um, it might come as a surprise to you that I don't actually debate with Jehovah's Witnesses anymore. I just don't. I might I might give the odd reply back if you if you make a sensible question but if it becomes apparent to me that you are just here to try and diss everything that i say from personal experience then i probably won't block you at first i'm not big on blocking but i will definitely stop answering you because there's no point you are in a cult and your mind is controlled and i get it because i i was the same for many many years it's only when you unplug and stand on the outside looking in that your beliefs seem so ridiculous. Now, I was thinking about this the other day. From my non-dualistic, Advaitist, Hindu, Rambo 
perspective. You are me and I am you and we are all together, as the Beatles said. What that means is even the worst of people are projections of source. We are all one. There is only one ultimate reality, which means effectively that you are me. I view that as a bit of a challenge, actually. You are a version of me challenging the things that I'm saying. And I'm not going to run away from that. I'm certainly not going to uh, get into great debate about that because, like I say, you are only spouting things that I spouted in the past. But it's it's a good reminder to me when you say the things that you do, just how culty it really is. You do sound culty. And when I hear you say those things, it's it's just like me. It's like flashbacks to when I was in the same position. And although I think you're wrong, I, in some respects, I actually welcome that because it's uh, it's not good to live in an echo chamber. I mean, you live in an echo chamber. You do. Uh, I don't live in an echo chamber. I'm willing to hear all opinions and thoughts. Uh, what I won't do is waste a lot of time engaging in, in those thoughts if I think you're just here to try and me off which I think you are. Uh, so just to let you know, it's not working and I shall continue being the vocal apostate that I am. So bring it on, carry on, try to diss all of that. It just makes me think that I was right to do what I did to leave the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses. So there we go. I hope that's been of some use to you this uh, early hour of the morning. Thanks for dropping by. Join me again soon. Bye for now.